Well, good morning. How about we turn around and say hello to the folks around you? Wish them a good morning. Tell them how beautiful it is outside. Tell them you wish you were making your first communion. That's what you can tell them. Well, I just want to say welcome to two very special people today. Mr. Carter, Princess Paisley. I'm so very excited that y'all are here. It's going to be a beautiful day. I'm happy your families are here, so thank you for being here and supporting them. It's going to be an awesome day, and I look forward to giving you communion for the first time ever. Today, this awesome celebration, the first communion, is inside like a day where the gospel speaks of it, and I can't wait to tell everybody a story about what's going to happen in your life today. And that story begins on page 11. So let's all jump into a little Bible study today that's going to kind of put things into context. Why is it that on all days that we can celebrate First Communion that we chose this one today? Page 11 inside our notes for today. Uh, let me just quickly tell you where we have been uh, and where we're going so we can put everything into context. You look at the top left box on page 11. You'll see that we are in a big series called The Art of Living. We'll be here from now until Labor Day. Lots of important things. And there are four chapters in the big story. Four chapters, big story of a series this whole summer. Chapter one, it's about the Sabbath. Chapter two, why is this art of living going to help me get to know Jesus? Chapter 3, practically speaking, what does it look like? Chapter 4, since many of us are going to be returning home for the fall, what do you need in your life to keep it going? So four chapters, one big teaching, I think one of the most important things we've ever talked about called the art of living this summer. Now, top right box, where are we now? We're in the first chapter. And in the first chapter, there's five weeks. It's all about the Sabbath. You can see week one. We talked about God's vision for the, the Sabbath last week, and today we're going to talk about how, how can we get the most out of Mass, specifically, what can we do before Mass? Now, bottom left of page 11, quickly, what did we talk about last week? We talked about rest and holiness, right? The Lord said in the third commandment to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Well, to be holy means to consecrate something that it's set apart and one of the things God invited us to is to rest. Last week, we talked about rest, how important it is. Number two on the bottom left box, right? Rest reminds us that to be human is more than to work. The Sabbath forces us to stop working so that weekly we're reminded that our identity is not determined by work. Now, Sorry. last week was a, a pretty important foundational kind of um, teaching for us. If you look in the bottom left box, you can find that teaching on our website or other teachings that are there. But let's jump into today's gospel with me. Page 12, we have a little Bible study today. What happened in this story today? Jesus is walking on the road. 1.1, top left box, right? Box number one. And who are these disciples who are walking with Jesus? Well, it says, 1.1 from Luke chapter 24, and I quote, one of them named Cleopas said to him in reply, who's Cleopas? Well, at the cross, when Jesus was being crucified on Good Friday, we know his mom was at the cross, right? Look at 1.2. It says in John 19, standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas. Right? So Clopas is there. Clopas is, is one of the relatives 
that's there. Clopas, in the gospel today, walking on the road, Clopas. He, he is one of the, the relatives of Jesus. He, he, he saw Jesus grow up. He saw Jesus when he was a baby. He saw Jesus grow up. He knows Jesus. He knows Jesus. He knows Jesus. And yet, 1.3, Jesus himself drew near and walked with him, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. So this guy, Cleopas, who is a relative of Mary, who knows Jesus, is walking with Jesus, but his eyes don't recognize him. Because sometimes Jesus can be with us, we just can't see him. Sometimes Jesus can be with us and we just can't see him. Say that with me. Sometimes Jesus can be with us, but we just can't see him. One more time. Sometimes Jesus can be with us and we just can't see him. Right? So he's with Cleopas. But Cleopas just can't see him, right? His eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Now, what's happening in the gospel today? Look at box number two. In the road to Emmaus, Jesus, they don't recognize him. Jesus, he's at table with them. Look at 2.1 from Luke 24. And it happened that four things happened today. It happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. One more time, Jesus took bread, blessed bread, broke bread, and gave bread. Four things happened on the road to Emmaus. Jesus took bread, blessed bread, broke bread, gave bread. Now, the last time in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus was at table and he had bread was at the Last Supper. On the night before Jesus died, right, Jesus was at the Last Supper. We just had Holy Thursday. What did Jesus do? Look at 2.2 from Luke chapter 22. It says, Then he took the bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which will be given for you. Do this in memory of me. At the Last Supper, Jesus does four things. Jesus took bread, blessed bread, broke bread, and gave bread. At the Last Supper, Jesus took bread, blessed bread, broke bread, gave bread. Today, in today's gospel, Jesus took bread, blessed bread, broke bread, gave bread. It's the same thing. Jesus is he's doing something intentional here. And notice what happens. Box number three, bottom left of page 12, right? So so Jesus is walking with them, 3.1. He's with them. They don't recognize him. 3.2, Luke 24, that after Jesus did that, it says, with that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Watch what happens. They're with Jesus. They don't recognize him. And all of a sudden, Jesus took bread, blessed bread, broke bread and gave bread and they're like oh that's Jesus we know that guy who does those four things and it says that they recognized him in the breaking of the bread 3.3 and then he vanished now here's the tension right Jesus they say stay with us Jesus just said, okay, I'm going to take, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, take bread, I'm going to 
bless bread. I'm going to break bread and give bread. And they recognize him. Oh, Jesus is here. Stay with us. And then he vanishes. Why? Because Jesus is trying to say, I am going to be with you in a different way. Because sometimes I'm with you, you just can't see me. Right? This past week, we had the privilege of, of having private first confessions. That was awesome. But like one of the awesome things about that, it was after we took a tour, right? Like Carter and Paisley, y'all came up here, and I showed y'all the ambo, right? You got to stand behind the ambo. And then after that, we, we stood behind the altar, and, I, and then you got to, to taste the bread. And both of you said, Ooh. <laughs> right, it tastes different. Like we all know that, right? And I, that's one of the things I remember from my first communion was I expected it to taste not like that, <laughs> right? Because sometimes, even though we know it's Jesus, it still tastes like bread. And today, like, like even in the wine, it still tastes like wine. You see, what Jesus is saying is, Okay, if you want to recognize me, it will be in the breaking of the bread. But sometimes Jesus is with us, and we just can't see him. Ah, just like on the road to Emmaus. Ah. And when he vanished from the sight, he's saying, if you want to see me, here I am. I'm right here. Every time we are at the Last Supper, and Jesus in the priesthood says the same words over the bread. He takes bread. Together at Mass we bless bread. Then at Mass we break bread. And at Mass we give bread. Now, if that's what's happening on the road to Emmaus, and that's what's happening in the Gospel today, and that's what's happening at the Last Supper, and if that's what's happening at every Mass that you and I go to, then every time we go to Mass on the Sabbath then we want to get the most out of it. Now, here's the thing. Paisley, you and Carter are going to receive Holy Communion today, and you're very excited. And my prayer for the two of you is that every time you ever receive Holy Communion, you would always be very excited. Like, it, like most of us here are camp owners. Many of you get to have the privilege, like me, of living in paradise. But many people, like you live other places and you're at Mass on vacation. Grand Isle's like a little mini vacation. And, and people ask me all the time, what's the biggest difference between Our Lady of the Isle and other parishes? And I say, gosh, everybody who's at Mass wants to be there. Like, you want to be here. You came today, many of you who are at the, uh, your camp for the weekend, you came on vacation because you want to be here. And it's my prayer that you would get everything you can out of Mass. And it's real easy for us, if we just did some simple practical things, you could get even more out of Mass. Flip the page over, page 13. Right? It's just some simple things. If we just did those simple things, then Mass would begin to like, take off for us. Right? So just very quickly, let's walk through three quick things. Right? Our attitude, our heart, and our soul. We're going to talk about three quick things right now practically what we can do before Mass. It's our attitude, our heart, and our soul. Say those three words with me. You ready? Our attitude, our heart, and our soul. One more time. Our attitude, our heart, and our soul. Let's start first talking about our attitude. 
I want to again remind you, the foundation for this entire teaching was last week. If you didn't listen to last week's homily, I'm just asking you to do that. Why? Because it's the third commandment. Now, there is a particular way that this world thinks about Sunday. And there's a very particular way that this world thinks about Sunday. And I'm going to make a bet out of great love. I think the hardest commandment is the third. Think about all the commandments. I think the hardest one is the third commandment because this is the world we live in. And this world looks at Sabbath, Sunday, in a very particular way. So the NFL Network looks at Sunday in a very particular way. Travel baseball and dance recitals. They look at, look at Sabbath as a very particular way. And then you walk in this world, and all of a sudden, he looks at the Sabbath in a very particular way. Look, you're like, I'm just saying there's a tension there. Okay? Now, there's nothing wrong with that world, and there's everything right with that world, I'm just saying, we live with a tension here. If you've ever felt that tension, I feel the tension. I'm just saying that there's going to be a tension between their attitude toward the Sabbath and his attitude toward the Sabbath. I just want to name it so you can befriend it. But if, if we don't wrestle with that, then mass will be something you have to get done so that you can get back to your day. So it's, it's my day. Sunday's the new Saturday. I'm going to step into this world, get this done, so I can go back here and get what I want. Now, they're not irreconcilable. That's what we're going to talk about in the fifth week of this teaching. The rest of the day can be sacred and awesome and fun and beautiful, right? With some boundaries, but, but you got to feel the tension, right? Because I'm talking about preparing for Mass, and if Mass is something you have to get done, you're not going to prepare. I'm just saying, I have never watched an NFL football game that has an impact on my eternal salvation. I have never read in the commandments, which last week we said were written by God's finger, a lot of what, God, the tension of that world is. So the first thing is, is we just have to acknowledge what's your attitude towards Sunday. Whatever that is as you start, I'll meet you right there. You just got to understand your attitude. Look at box number six, top right of page 13. Prepare your heart what can you do? Well, you can get to Mass earlier. Now, for some of you who have kids, you just had a heart attack. All right. Okay. So if you have young kids, we'll talk about getting to Mass early privately. Okay? But I can tell you this. I remember being a kid. Gosh, when I was, when I was your age, I remember we sat in the fourth pew. Right here. One, two, three, four. All right, you're in my pew. And it was our pew, right? And we had six kids, and we were all bad, right? But we always got to Mass early. 
I remember we'd get to Mass early, we'd sit down, and we would, we, Mama said, oh, when you get to Mass, pray your Our Father, your Hail Mary, your Glory Be, and your Act of Contrition. So I'd sit, and I'd kneel, and I'd pray that as fast as I could, and then I'd sit down, and I'd start fighting with my brothers and sisters, right? Then as I got older, I remember my dad always sat on the edge, and Daddy didn't kneel for a couple seconds. My dad knelt all the way to Mass. And I remember one Sunday, I said, I'm going to be like my daddy. So I remember kneeling, and I did my Our Father, my Hail Mary, Glory Be, and my Act of Contrition. And then it just felt like forever, right? Because we were there early. You want to know why we got there early? Because you can't stop a locomotive like that. I sit here. And I get, to, I get the privilege of watching y'all. Let me tell you what I see every Sunday. I see beautiful people who walk into church. This is what I see. You ready? I see you sit down. And all of a sudden, I see it. Okay, now all your, all your anxiety pops up. Whew, what about that? What about this? takes the average person 15 minutes to get quiet. Why would you get to Mass early? Because just because you hit the brakes of a locomotive, it, it keeps coming. Here's what happens every Sunday. Every Sunday when we get to Mass, Jesus can't wait to talk to you. Right? Now, Jesus is going to talk to you. Ready? As Jesus is going to talk to you, he whispers. And you get into church, and you sit down in the pew, and Jesus is like, hey, welcome. And your brain goes, Whoa. You hit the brakes, but the locomotive just passed him up. And Jesus is like, hey, where, where are you going? Now, would your life look better or worse if you could hear him? Now, imagine you got to Mass early. And you sat in a pew. And the locomotive right up here, oh, it stopped. And Jesus said, hey, I want to talk to you about your marriage. I want to talk to you about your kids. I want to talk to you about your life. And you can hear him. He's talking. The problem is that for, I think for some of us, we, we, we aren't quiet enough to listen to him. Now, sometimes that's because we're too busy. Sometimes that's because of other things. Open this up. I want you to read in silence 7.1. In silence, read 7.1. As the adults read that, Carter and Paisley look at me. I'm so excited about that. You don't have to read that quote because today you are going to receive Jesus. And I'm so excited you're going to receive Jesus, right? And that quote your mom and dad can talk to you about later on. You don't have to worry about it today, right? 7.1. That's St. Paul. You see this cross, y'all? This cross means a lot to me. 
someone who I love dearly gave it to me, and I hold it with great reverence. On Good Friday this year, instead of asking 300 people to kiss that cross, this year in Grand Isle, this is the cross we kissed. This means a lot to me. And if I gave it to you for a second, and your hands had sand from the beach all over it, or please God, just for the sake of the image, if you think of where I'm going here, you had something even dirtier. Wouldn't you wash your hands before I gave you this? It's not many things I would take a bullet for it, maybe a couple people, but things, but I would take a bullet for him and for this and what's here. I'd die for this. I'd give my life for it as a martyr. Bad. And if I took this out, his body, and I gave it to you. And you had sand from the beach. Or worse yet, maybe something more gross. Wouldn't you wash your hands? What's St. Paul saying? St. Paul saying, he's coming into your body. Wouldn't you wash your hands? Now, he's not afraid of sin. But when we go to Mass, we receive a person, not a thing. And St. Paul says, if that's real, prepare your soul. Now look, y'all, I didn't write it. I'm just, I'm in it with you. I have to go to confession too, just like you do. I hear confession five hours every Friday after every Mass. Ken Law says that because I only hear confessions after Mass here on this day, if you go to Mass and you know you're going to confession, Ken Law says you can receive communion. Don't let that stop you today. I'm just saying, like, if we're going to receive Him, let's receive Him like they're going to receive Him. Amen? Like, they inspire me today. I'm so proud of you. So just one thing that you can do, box eight, just pick one of those. Number one, if you haven't been to confession in a month, go as soon as you can. Some of you may say, well, Father Mark, I haven't been to confession a lot longer than that. What's up, what's up with the month? I'm saying this. Every serious Christian should go to confession once a month. I mean, sin's real. None of us are perfect. If St. Paul's right, go to confession once a month. If that, maybe that's what you do. Number two, maybe just start getting to Mass early. Try it for four weeks. Right? Maybe you can read the readings before Mass, but like, just choose something in box eight that's there. Today, we have the privilege in just a few seconds of sharing Him in this with two beautiful souls for the first time ever. And let's ask the Lord that our hearts would hunger for Him every day as they are hungry for him today. Amen.